This week on the Habs Forum, it's episode 100. Who would have thought that we would manage to keep doing this for 100 episodes? I mean, not that it's hard to record a podcast or anything, but like me and Dustin have a history of quitting on things. So I think it's pretty impressive that we made it to 100. I don't know. Did you expect us to make it to 100? I mean, no, probably not. I mean, it took us a long ass time to do it. We've been doing this for like three years, so, you know, it took us long enough. Yes. <laughs> still, still 100, 100. It's a milestone. It's a milestone. And on top of it, we have some actual hockey games to talk about. Two preseason games against the Leafs, one win, one loss. I mean, it's preseason. The wins and losses don't mean that much, but there's a lot to talk about as far as the line combinations so far, what's working, what's not working. There's been some cuts already. Unfortunately, injury bug just keeps hitting the Canadians this offseason. Definitely not how you want it to to, to start get, getting the feeling a little bit that there's some cup hangover stuff there. But then at the same time, it's a lot of the new guys getting injured, so that doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, a new minor signature, some news, the Bell Center. Now, this is the biggest news today, in my opinion. 100% capacity. I'm so happy they announced it. I was getting so pissed off. It was literally only us and the Canucks that didn't have 100% capacity for the season, while Quebec is one of the most vaccinated places like in the world. So, so happy that we're going to have a full capacity for Game 1. That's it's gonna make it feel like that much more uh, exciting. So all that to talk about, but uh, I don't know where to start. I guess we should start with the games, Dustin. Now, game one, I I, I barely want to talk about it. The first game against the Leafs, four-one loss. It just doesn't feel like anyone really really showed up. It was kind of a forgettable game, and if I'm being completely honest. A little bit hard to, to really pay attention to it for the full time, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 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 preseason anyway. You know, you, you really can't take too much from it. You know, it's uh, like you said, I mean, there's really definitely not too many positives, if any, really, that we can take away from that first game. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just just getting some of the some of the young guys some minutes in that with the, you know, with, with, in a Habs jersey. But uh, no, definitely not too many positives to take away from that first game. But game two, game two was a lot more exciting, though. Now, I think they win. It's going to be more exciting. Winning is one thing. Fine. Like, of course, it's preseason. Who cares, though? But like, I think a lot of Habs fans, myself at the very least, after the whole Kakanyemi, like drama and everything and turning him into Christian Dvorak, I think seeing him wear the Habs jersey for the first time and who he was going to play with. And on top of that, him playing with Dwayne. And I think, I mean... If you're just even a bit of a decent human being, you have to be rooting for Dwayne this season. So even though it's just preseason, seeing them and they just clicked. They clicked right away. So did Josh Anderson on that line, too. It just it just worked right away. One of those things where you, you hope it's not just kind of a flash in the pan one game. But like you, you see it happen sometimes, kind of like with Suzuki and, and, and Caulfield. As soon as Coffins showed up, it's like they played together their whole lives, right? They have that chemistry right away. And you saw, I think the most notable goal was Dvorak's goal on that beautiful pass from Dwayne on the power play, which was definitely a weakness for the Canadians at times, being able to convert on the power play and seeing those two guys connect there. I mean, one goal, three assists for Dvorak, two goals, one assist for Anderson, two assists for Dwayne. You can't ask for anything more there. That 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 is like definitely the highlight of the offseason, of the, the preseason so far for me. No, absolutely. I mean, again, like we said, you, you any any preseason game we got to take with a grain of salt. But I mean, like you said, I mean, they definitely seem to have a lot of chemistry right off the bat. And we've talked about it before, you know, ever since we got to Vorak, how Dwayne and him, you know, basically seem like a perfect combination. Yeah. You know, he's Dvorak's more of that that scoring type of center. Dwayne is more of a playmaking winger, and and I mean Anderson, you know, he. He he looked great with them as well, and and definitely in that game, what you really love to see was was that power play. Because I mean, you know, we know how much a Canadian's power play has struggled over the years, but man, it uh, it it was going, it it was really working, it was clicking a lot for sure. And and there's definitely a lot of positives to to take from that. I mean, that that line looks like a solid, legit second line. Absolutely, and at times it's going to be the first line. I mean, I, I mean, it's it, it's going to be one of those things that you're going to have games where I, I believe it's going to be one of those things. Where you have some games where the Suzuki line is 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 the best line one night, and then the next night it's the Dvorak line. Like I, I really think that they're they're pretty close. 
uh, as far as, as I mean, top end talent, you got to give it to Suzuki and Caulfield, but they're also younger. So there might be some games, you know, consistency with young players sometimes can be an issue. Not that it is so much with Suzuki, but we'll see over a full 82 game season. But then to have that second line with Dvorak, Duhoy, and Anderson, I, it's just such a perfect second line, right? Like, like just the playmaking ability of Duhoy, Dvorak, he's, he's reliable defensively while being a good goal, goal scorer. And just the Josh Anderson, big body, just, to, to add to that combination of those two, like it, it just feels like one of those lines when you're tinkering around in, in one of the NA, when you're playing NHL, you know, the video game, and then you get one hundred percent chemistry on. Like it, like it feels like it just makes sense, you know. Like I, I, it was great to see it work in the first game. Exactly, and and you know, it. You mentioned Dvorak's solid defensive capabilities. You know, that's that's something that definitely Josh Anderson is lacking. Um, something I, that you know, the way last year, but yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I think he when he played last year at the beginning of the season, he seemed to be showing a bit of an improvement in the defensive zone. Obviously not something he was known for the rest of his career, but hopefully something he but, has worked on. But he's but, not the guy you want to be the responsible guy on his line, right? Like if anything, like even if he was better defensively, you'd still don't want like the, the type of game he plays, the creative, creative game he kind of plays. I think it's better for him to be a little bit more free ring and not really worry about that too much. And I think it's also a big reason why, we maybe we used to want like a lot of Habs fans wanted him and, and Kaikinami play together more because they had some chemistry and all that. But I remember there was this 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 one like that started off strong. There was a notorious shift where they got stuck in their zone for two minutes and then they they allowed a goal and I think they, they didn't play together again for like months, right? So like there, there was definitely something there where I think the coaching staff doesn't want Dwayne to be put in a position. Like they want him playing with the centers for reliable defensively, right? What, like basically they want him with exactly a Dvorak. They want him with a guy who's reliable defensively, but you also want him to be with a guy that can score because if not, you're just kind of wasting his talents, right? So uh, it, it's really it's really a match made in heaven. And I, it's one game. It's preseason. Who knows? But I mean, it, it was it was really good to see. And like like I said before, you want to root for for Dwayne. But the things that I do find exciting about preseason, of course, it's hard to get like that exciting about preseason, right? Like not that long ago, we were watching games in the Stanley cup final. I mean, slightly a bigger stakes uh, there. Right. So, but you gotta love seeing the fringe guys having big games in the preseason, because I don't know if Michael Pizzetta will ever be, you know, a regular NHLer, but it's, Still pretty cool for him to get two goals in a preseason game, even if it is preseason game. He looks like I'd be pretty stoked if I could say that I scored two goals in the Bell Center, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll ever get that opportunity, but <laughs> but uh no, I mean no, for sure. I mean that that's one of the things you always love to see is is guys like that that uh it, it, more than likely, very, very unluckily, are actually ever gonna play a regular season with, game with the Habs. But I mean guys like that get their get get their sort of like 15 minutes of fame or whatever, get that, that opportunity and, and get that, you know, moment that they're never going to forget, you know, it, it, I mean, Pizzetta, you know, he's already a little bit older. He's uh, I think 23 years old right now. I don't think he's ever scored more than five or six goals in an, in a full AHL season. Um, so he definitely does not offer much, uh, much chance at, at the NHL level, but you know, he's, he's been a constant grinder, hard worker for the rocket, you know, ever since they've moved over the last three seasons. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you, you definitely love to see it. And, and you'd love to see, you know, that's it's always fun to see the preseason for that. Some of those fringe guys, some of those guys that that have, that have been working hard in, in the minor leagues and that get that opportunity. And, and it, it, was, it was definitely really fun to see for sure. And the, the the other really, really big, like, best performance, I think, maybe arguably the best performance overall, it's hard to take it away from, from the top line, but Jake Allen looked super super solid and which which it, it is important it was like a reminder because we didn't see him play during the playoffs right like we went but he's if it, if we don't have jake allen as a strong backup we don't i think we, we both agree we don't make the playoffs last year like it, it was a pretty close at the end there and price missed a lot of games price is still injured like the hopes are he's ready for the beginning of the season but we're going into a full 82 game season we're coming off Price is not only coming off injury, but coming off the, the shortest offseason of his career. But Jake Allen is like going to play a lot of games this year. So seeing him good to go. And it was a nice reminder. Like, oh, that's right. We are set at backup goaltender. Like, it, it's it's like we were so bad for so long that I still needed a reminder, even though I saw it all last year. And it was great to see Jake Allen play someone. Kevin, uh, not so much. But uh, Jake <laughs> Allen looked absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, that was a, a big brain fart by Kevin Poulet. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't like to see that. And then like it, it was a little unfortunate after you know all the boos and then the, and kind of the yeah. heckles that he got afterwards. You know you don't like to see that, especially a guy from here getting you know maybe the only opportunities ever yeah. to play at, at the Bell Center. Um, but but no, I mean Jake Allen definitely, and, and especially you know there's I think there's a lot of uncertainty going into the season. Who knows? If Carey is Carey Price going to be able to play right off the bat at the start of the season, even if he is, I mean, you know, they're probably going to be splitting the starts. They're not yeah, going like, to. Like, it's going to be 50 50 at first, I think. And, yeah, and, so. and, and there, there's no reason for it not to be like it, Jake Allen is just so re- reliable. I mean, like Price, is, it, obviously, it's his net. But like and he like the big difference with like the big difference you notice right away when you don't have Price and you have Allen or anyone else. Is, is is honestly like more than just the saves is the, is the puck moving ability of price it's something i really think we take for granted as a fan base because as soon as someone else is in nets it's, it really changes the whole game right like the, the, the and it makes that that much harder for the defense and all that but with allen at least you know you have stability and like even if we we found out price had to miss a couple weeks to start the season which usually for me would be like well that's pretty much the season done because that means we're gonna like start off with a horrible record never being able to get out of it but i don't feel that way with jake allen at all if there's a situation where price has to miss a couple weeks because he's still recovering from that injury jake allen can absolutely hold the fort until he's ready yeah no absolutely i mean i you know I mean, obviously, you'd, you'd rather have Carey Price in there, but you you can't you, you got to feel pretty confident with Jake Allen back there too. I mean, you know, it, like you said, that that puck moving ability is is. I, I think Jake Allen's actually not that bad. He's he's not Carey Price level, but uh, but no, you know, if we have to go a few weeks with uh, with Jake Allen, then I, I'm definitely not too worried about it. And the other other player, I I noticed a little bit, he's like he's not flashy or anything, but I almost feel like he's kind of the underrated prospect for the Canadians. I mean, I was I, I've been talking myself about, about Norlander more than uh, anyone else when it comes to the defensive prospects, but I mean, I don't think there's really any shot of Norlander seeing uh like, like he's gonna have a few more preseason games probably than get be sent back to to Europe. But Caden Gooley, I think, still already looks pretty solid and. He just seems like one of those prospects that like maybe he doesn't have that top top end talent, but he almost seems like and you said this before that guaranteed to at some point make the NHL. Like I would be shocked if he if he's not an NHL or like a regular NHL one day. And I feel like he's kind of an underrated prospect for the Kenny. Like I feel like Habs fans don't talk about him at all at, about him at all. Like even when he was drafted, people like were like why him? Like we don't need him. Blah blah blah. I think it's he's a really solid piece we have for the f- next few years. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, his, his, I think his ceiling might be, I don't want to say limited, but, you know, definitely his floor is is still going to be a solid NHL defenseman. And, you know, I, I thought he had some struggles, uh, particularly in rookie camp, which, I, you know, I guess is to be expected anyway. I mean, especially, you know, he only played a handful of games last season, so it, it was a little bit to be expected. But, you know, as camp's gone on and into this main camp and even the preseason game, you know, he's, he's started to look better and better. And, you know, I, absolutely, I think, you know, he, he maybe is not getting as much love. And, and who was it? I think it was, was it Normand Flynn for, I think he worked for RDS. He basically compared him to Hal Gill, which is... <laughs> Just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to say. Hey, here's the thing, though. Hal Gill had some moments, some solid moments in Montreal. The Montreal Canadiens with Hal Gill had the best five-on-three PK in the NHL. He oh. was like a second goaltender in front of that net when it was five-on-three. It was impressive. And him and Josh Georges, that was like yeah. legendary PK there. But uh, but no, I mean he's definitely not the same guy as is. You know he 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 uh, you know he he's very solid in his own end. He offers some some offensive potential as well. We'll see how that translates uh, to the NHL level. But but yeah, he definitely in a few, in, you know in two three seasons, I think he'll definitely be uh, a regular for the Habs. And you know I th- I think maybe he doesn't get the same love just because he's not that sort of sexy puck mover. Yeah. Like a Romanov, like a Norlander, like yeah. uh, you like know, like you, Norlander. Like I feel like we see if you aren't Habs Twitter at all, I feel like you see uh, like a highlight of him and in, in, in doing something really cool in Europe, trending on Habs Twitter. You know, every every other week. You know, you don't see it as much with the Ghoulie. Uh, it just I just think he's a less flashy player. But like at, at the end, like who who's the the flashy guy that we used to see highlights for all the time? Not that I think Norlander's going to turn into him, but it was Josh Brook, and everyone thought he was going to like you know. You know, break out when as soon as he got here and all that, and, and not, nothing much has has come of it. And when when we're talking about defensemen, 
what's most important and what's hardest to teach these guys is is being solid defensively and being a reliable guy you can you can really depend on and and i feel like Gouli already has that like i'd much rather have a, def- a young defenseman already have those tools and maybe need to work on his puck moving ability a little bit assuming he's he does have the potential for that skill set but i do feel like he does than a guy that just is a black hole defensively because then very rarely does does a prospect who's terrible defensively turn that around, right? So so that's why I think Gouli's almost a lock to make the NHL. I mean, it, it's probably not this year, of course, but like as soon as next year, I would say. Oh yeah, it could very well. And I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's going to go back, of course, to WHL Prince Albert. He's going to be, you know, probably their their top guy, you know, in a, in a team that should be pretty decent this year. He's more than likely going to be playing for the World Junior Team. Looks like he could even be the captain of that team, Team Canada. So, you know, he's he's going to have a big season ahead of him, and he's going to play a lot of minutes, be relied upon in all situations for, again, not only Prince Albert, but even for Team Canada. So that's going to be a great experience for him. I can't uh, help but not get excited at all at the prospect of him being captain of Team Canada, though, because that would be sure. Good culture. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, chip. I guess. I guess. I mean, I like. I, I just can't help but think about that. You know, it's just like I remember being so excited, and and I feel like we used to call talk about Chip Jura. He was a forward, of course, but a, kind of in a similar way, where he maybe yeah, didn't actually, have a high ceiling, but we thought he he was like a guaranteed floor, and it just. I mean, I, I think he, he ended up in Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken, and even in Phoenix, he didn't get uh, much playing time. Is he, is he still actually, playing? If, if I'm not mistaken, they actually drafted out of the same. They played for the same junior team. He played for Prince Albert, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. So hopefully uh, it turns out a little I, bit better than Chip he, he he did play for Prince Albert. So oh, Chip has been out of the league for a long time. He's been out of the league since I guess we're old and and Chip was drafted a long time ago. But uh, yeah, uh, out of the league since uh, 15, 16. But he did play uh 50 to like is like 35 or 36 now so yeah you're right he was born the same year as us god damn it oh it's depressing <laughs> uh, but he, he's been he's, he's in the khl now uh i don't know why i'm looking at chipchero stats it just got me curious about it and not even producing that much in the, in the khl but he did actually have close to 500 nhl career games so uh, i guess he what he did have a, a solid uh floor uh, but a very low ceiling. So I guess that was I hear it, but 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 still, I think a lot of Habs fans, myself included, uh, got excited uh, at the prospect of him being the captain at Team Canada. It's like, oh, that must mean he's going to be like you know something bigger and all that. But they didn't come to be. Not that I think this is going to happen with uh, with Gouli, but it's just um, the whole captain talk. Really, I I could care less who the captain for the World Junior Team is. I think they were the same pick too. I think Gouli was Gouli was 18. And I think Chipchura was 18th overall in 2004. He was, 18th, he was 18th overall. Jeez, that's so weird. Now I'm worried. Now I feel like it's Gouli's <laughs> destiny to just play a few seasons in Montreal, not do that well, and then eventually just get traded probably to Anaheim. I don't even remember we traded Jim uh, to Anaheim, then he ended up going to Phoenix. Anyways, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I, it started <laughs> off so positive, and all of a sudden we're comparing him to Chip Chura, who is doesn't even play the same position in him. But uh, uh, <laughs> Point is, I think I think we have we have we have a solid pick in uh, in Gouli. and I mean with with Weber gone and then like uh, like likely like for good and then you know, Petrie's not getting younger and all that. It, it's definitely a good thing that we have those young defensemen that are that are going to be ready ready to come up uh, sooner rather than uh, than later. Uh, I mean, outside of that for that game, I mean, there's not much else to say. Uh, I don't think. I mean, there hasn't been another game since. There's back-to-back games tomorrow on Saturday against Ottawa. Um, Excited to see that. I mean, someone I'm, I'm excited to see more of is, is Paling. I mean, wasn't really noticeable in the one game he played. Uh, the, he is playing with Lekkonen. And, like, here's the thing with Lekkonen. I love Lekkonen. I really do. But the team loves playing the young guys with Lekkonen. And, like, no one's – you're not going to produce next to Lekkonen, you know? That's, it's just – you're a strictly shut, shut down line. With, like, we, we, I don't know what happened with Lekkonen because he did score it early on in his career. But now at this point, he's an amazing PK guy. But – I'd almost like to see Paling in preseason have an opportunity with one of our bit maybe more offensive guys just to see what he can do. Not that he would take over that role in the regular season, but just just to see what the potential is there, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, you'd like to see him get the opportunity to play more of an offensive role. So, I mean, I think ideally, and again, we've talked about this before, I, I mean, I think ideally Paling would be the third-line center. Evans hopefully moves down to the fourth-line center. You know, if, if Paling can, of course, seize that opportunity – and then if, if Paling's on a third line with, you know, Hoffman when he gets healthy, Gallagher, that's going to be a pretty solid third line there. And 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. Paling has the offensive potential. He he showed the offensive potential before he got hurt last season in Laval. I mean, he scored three goals in his first NHL game. I mean, you know, he, he definitely has has the tools to be a solid two-way third-line center. And, and I mean, you know, it's it's his opportunity to seize yeah. it at this point. I mean, yeah. Dano's and, got pockets injured now, too, so yeah. he, he no excuses. And he's, he's saying all the right things. I mean, they, they, they do daily uh, press conference, and today happened to be Paling was one of the guys talking. He, he's, he's saying there's no 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 time for excuses. Like he's looking for the game for the game Saturday. Like he knows it's his time. You know, like, like we've talked about, like we understand it's his time. He understands it too. We know that for sure. And he did talk about playing with Lekkonen, and he 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 actually says he loves playing with him because he plays the right way. And he actually said it's someone he can learn a lot from. So he, him saying that type of stuff is definitely what you want to hear from a young guy. He recognizes that you know he still has a lot to learn, and that like he, he he's not moping about who he's playing with or anything like that. So. I, 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 that's it's everything you want to hear, and it's especially from Paling because I think we're all a little bit concerned with you know what happened in the bubble. We don't exactly know what happened. All we do know there's rumors, and he didn't play a single second. You know, uh, so to, to see that he has the right attitude, I, I think goes a very long way, and, and I do think it's important for the coaching staff, the GM, and all that to see that from him too. Absolutely, I mean, he definitely looks like he, you know, he showed up pretty jacked. Looks like he's in shape and ready to go. So, you know, he he knows as well as anyone that this is his opportunity. And, you know, I mean, not that it's now or never, but I mean, this is basically the best opportunity he's going to yeah. get. It's, it's really up to him to to take it. It's, I mean, it's, ar- it's arguably now or never in Montreal because if you're Bergevin and he doesn't pan out this year, you, then you're going to the next offseason and you and you're not. You're assuming he's not going to pan out, and you're looking, you know, for a piece to to, to fit in there, right? Because if if Bergeron looks at this team the same way we do, and and he sees Evans more as a, an excellent fourth line guy, if Paling doesn't break out this year, then he he's going to start looking for for a guy to slot into that third line center that can actually get the job done, right? So as far as his time in Montreal, I do think it's now or never. I mean, if, and if it's not this year, uh, it's going to be a change of scenery. Like I would, if if he doesn't pan out this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being moved, honestly. Yeah, no, no, that's that's definitely true. I mean, you know, this he's never had this this sort of opportunity with the Habs, and, and he probably <laughs> never will again. I mean, with with the guys that they've lost at center. I mean, obviously Dvorak coming in, but I mean, you know, that Dano spot is 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 wide open, and you know, again, ideally Jake Evans plays on the fourth line center. I mean, I don't think they're they're expecting Cedric Pocket to play uh, on that third line. That's for sure. No, and uh, especially with Pocket injured right now, who knows for how long? But I mean. He has the opportunity starting Saturday, and and well, like I said, man, I, I really think it's his to lose. That, that's the thing though, with the injuries, though. The, the the one thing though, like we're we're always so set in like saying line one, line two, line three, line four, but especially with the injuries, uh, specifically to Hoffman, who I think would have slotted in on that third line. You're probably looking at a situation where line three and four are playing pretty even minutes, uh, and 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 the talent's going to be spread out on those two lines at least until the the team gets healthier. Uh, of course, though, you have Gallagher there. So whoever gets to play with Gallagher, that's the more kind of offensive guy for sure. Uh, that's in that's in the bottom. Because so, I, th- I think right now that like, we've talked about this before. We just talked about Dwayne, Dvorak, Anderson, uh, and then there's Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield. There's no reason to believe that's not how it's going to stick. I mean, Caulfield's day-to-day right now. And actually, Gallagher did play on that line when when, uh, uh, when it was day-to-day, which makes sense. You would expect Gallagher to be the one to slot in there, but... Then, I mean, Gallagher and Armia, I mean, as much as I love Gallagher, I mean, there's a lot of days where Armia is the better player the, uh, on the ice. They offer two very different things. So I, I think you're really going to see two kind of even lines between the third and the fourth. It, and like, I'm not too worried on whether or not Evans is third or, or or Paling is third and which one is fourth or all that. But as long as those two are the guys that, that slot in and they can find chemistry with, with the remaining wingers there – I think it goes it goes a very very long way. I mean, I, to me though, Evans' his spot is is safe. He's really proved it to me last year. At the very least, he's a fourth line center. Oh, you know, oh, absolutely. I mean, no, Jake Evans is definitely not going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I mean, I just think he's he's a much better fit in that fourth line center because he has very limited offensive potential, at least in my mind. Um, and, and but I mean, they definitely have the wingers. I mean, like you said, even on on the third line, the fourth line, and even you know the guy that we haven't even talked about is Matthew Pego. You know, he's getting a little bit older, but you know he's put up some pretty solid NHL seasons as well. So I mean, he he can definitely you know slide in in that bottom six and and provide some solid offensive output as well. 
and and not, and a guy you love like a kind of winger you love having on your bottom six when your two bottom six centers are young guys like Evans and uh, and and Paling, right? So it's so, so like with Hoffman out for he's gonna miss the beginning of the regular season. They talked about a month. I, I wasn't clear if it was a month from when they announced it, or I don't think he's gonna miss a full month of the beginning of the season. But he's definitely gonna miss some games. So that definitely allows Payle to, to slot in there. So you got Lekkinen and 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 him on on the left side and. I mean, it, it just—I love having those kind of more veteran guys on the wings. It makes me a lot less worried about how young we are down the middle. Yeah. Because if you're surrounded by Gallagher and, and Peru and Lekkinen and Armia, I mean, all reliable defensively, all veteran guys, all guys that really give it their all every single game. You can't really ask for better partners for the two young centers. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, guys, guys that are certainly responsible defensively. So yeah, d- definitely guys that you really don't have to worry. Not that you have to worry about Jake Evans defensively, but no. you know, it's, it's definitely guys that, uh, that, you know, they can, that are going to, going to do their part in the defensive zone. And, and again, I mean, four guys that, you know, can, can provide some decent offense as well. I mean, like, you know, can, doesn't put up the, as many goals as maybe we thought he was going to when we saw him at the beginning of his career. I mean, Canadians, the biggest goal that we've seen biggest in goal, for sure so for he'll, sure. he'll always have that he'll always have that uh and uh, there have there was some cuts today uh actually there was uh already cut is Xavier Wallet who really d- does not look good uh let's be honest uh, even in the AHL at this point uh some you, you have to wonder like if, if for example if Norlander and Gooley could play in the AHL this year I'm not. I would like they would overtake well at this point, you know. But like they're going back to junior or they're or in Europe for 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 Norlander. So I, I think that his career is pretty close to be over, for being honest. Like he's going to be heading to Europe soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think he can be that veteran guy. I mean, he's the captain of the Laval Rocket. He he can be that sort of veteran guy. But yeah, even last season he was. I mean, on some nights he was the worst defenseman for the Rocket. Um, you know, he he really wasn't very good last season. Hopefully he can pick it up a little bit, but def- definitely he's not going to be one of those guys. Hopefully anyway that uh, that the Canadians are going to have to call up. Oh uh, no, he he's not. He would not be one of. The, I'd, I'd much rather see pretty much anyone. Anyone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyone else. Yeah. And and the other cut cut was uh, Louis Bel Belpedio. Yeah, I, I, I have no opinions on him if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a well, he was a free agency signing. He's you know he's a right-handed defenseman. I'm I'm surprised he didn't. I mean, I'm not surprised that he didn't stick with the Canadians, but I am a little bit surprised that he got cut this fast. Because, um, you know, even even before the start of camp, there was some rumblings, and even I thought maybe he could have potentially been that eighth defenseman. But um, I mean, could, could the Sammy Niku signing be the big reason that happens? We talk about that now. That, that, that's actually, like, wasn't didn't Sammy Niku have some legit potential? Yeah, I mean, Sammy Niku is a solid. Well, I mean, solid defense. He's he's very good. I mean, he's 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 been very good in the AHL. He was the AHL defenseman of the year mm-hmm. two or three years ago. Um, you know, he he has struggled the uh, at the NHL level with the with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, most, you know, the offensive potential is there, but defensively, you know, he's a smaller guy. He tends to get pushed pushed off the puck a lot. But, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, that's something the Canadians have really lacked is is that pucky-moving defenseman, and that's definitely something he For could sure, offer. Yeah. You know, if you have him on a pairing with, uh, with you know, more of a defensive guy, a big defensive guy that, that can sort of stay back a little bit more, maybe like a Ben Sherratt, you know, he I, I definitely think he is a great addition to the Habs. You know, how big of a role he's going to play. Is he going to start the, the year with the with the Habs? I mean, that that could even be a bit of a question mark. He'd obviously have to beat out a guy like Kulak, um, and and maybe Weidman. But um, yeah, because obviously the Canadians have a lot of left-handed defensemen, so, so I think he'll find a spot there somewhere just because he offers something else from most of the other Canadians' defensemen. It is kind of surprising when you look at his stat page because even in the AHL, his production. Well, actually, no. Like when he, he might just be one of those guys because he, he had that 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 season where he won defenseman of the year, fifty four points in seventy six mm-hmm. games. Obviously, a huge year for a defenseman. And then, it just at the NHL level, it just doesn't translate. But then he gets sent back down, twelve points in twenty games, I and mean, still pretty solid for a defenseman, or fourteen points in eighteen games. So, looking at that. 
of course he's still young, but like we we've seen so many guys over the years that it's just they were amazing in the AHL, but for some reason that transition is, it doesn't it doesn't work in the end. That extra step is just all all that needs for them to just not be able to make that jump. So it, there's still potential there, but I don't know. Like I, I'd be surprised. Like I, I still think Weidman at this point you think would have a better shot of uh of making the team. Kulak, like to me, come on, like put some respect on Kulak's name. Like he, I think he Kulak is is ahead of, the, of those guys. That he, he he's earned his spot. I'd be surprised. You think they just cut Kulak? Like he's a great seventh defenseman. Yeah, probably not. Um, you know, and I mean, no, nah, it's just, yeah, because I mean, definitely he's not going through waivers. Kulak would definitely get picked up on waivers. Yeah, exactly. Um, even even Niku could probably get picked up on waivers you know whoever does end up going down wideman too you would think probably gets paid picked up on waivers i mean who knows though but but you know it's, it's going to be a good camp battle and you know it, they definitely have the depth there no doubt um so it's, it's going to be interesting to see you know who actually sticks if somebody gets sent down to laval i mean they, they could start with points. a defenseman too they could yeah they could, yeah they, they could do that as well crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, yeah. and who knows with injuries and all that. I mean, Edmondson is still day to day, but he should be back. It's really unfortunate all the injuries to start because you, you hate starting the season that way. Like, like we know Weber obviously he's done for the year. Uh, it is what it is. Price is still kind of day to day. You hope he's going to be one hundred percent when the season starts, but we've seen it a lot with Price. He comes back. Like, you get the feeling he comes back too early sometimes. Like, there's Byron that's out, Hoffman out, Caulfield day to day, and today we found out Paquette is day to day. Norlander's day to day. It's just it doesn't bode well when when it's like you're only you're not even a week into the into the camp and you have so many injuries already. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have them now than in the middle of the season. True, right? true. <laughs> so might as well get them out of the way now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's well, I feel like especially a guy like Hoffman, like you know, especially if he's getting you know, obviously he's missing all the preseason and he's yeah. starting off with a new team. You know, I mean, it's I'm sure he's probably going to struggle at first. Yeah, I mean that was that was the biggest bummer because it's like we got this fun new toy, but then we can't play with it for the first month of the of the of the season. So like, ho- hopefully he's ready to go. But like, it, it's yeah, like this is when you'd hope he'd be building chemistry with someone, right? Like we we just talked about how great it was to see Dvorak and Dwayne like and Anderson uh, immediately have that chemistry. So you like you're now I'm already confident then. Game one, Dvorak is gonna be good to go, right? But like, so you'd hope maybe because who knows? Maybe Hoffman plays better with Evans, or he plays better with with, uh, with Paling. Like, but we're we're not really gonna get to see that uh, until until he, he shows up and plays. And by the time he shows up, there might be other injuries, right? So who, who knows? But uh, it, it's always a bummer when you and that's the the worst part about preseason because there was this one moment in the second game where Savard hit into the boards in a weird way. And you always you always scared that at a like a dumb preseason game a guy's gonna get like a three month injury you know. No, exactly. You know, I mean, you, you never like to see stuff like that, but you know, luckily it has. I mean, we haven't really had any major injuries. A lot of bunt lot. I mean, aside from Hoffman, I mean, you know, being out for maybe a month, but I mean, even even with Hoffman out, I mean, again, we talked about the depth they have. You know, I think with Lekkinen and and uh, and Perot there on the left side, we'll be for sure. we'll be yeah. fine to start the season. You know, not yeah. not a huge huge worry, but uh, we'll be good yeah. to have him in the lineup though. And it is nice too that like the power play looked good in the second preseason because one of the big reasons we're excited for Hoffman is they can help on the power play. But at least we we saw that Devorak can 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 help and and Dwayne too, right? Because like. When, when we were talking about the power play struggling, like Dwayne's almost an addition at, at this point, right? Because he he missed so much of uh, uh, of last year. Uh, oh, for I thought, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, so, definitely. I, I mean, for sure, he's. He, I mean, he's a good puck mover to have on the power play for sure. So he's definitely going to help. And uh, yeah, I mean, Weidman too. I mean, well, yeah, uh, assuming I mean, we haven't seen that much from from Weidman yet. Like, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, that that's that's. I, it's but there's potential that that Sammy Niku. Uh, outplays Weidman. I mean, like we were excited for the Weidman sign and when it happened, but like that's why that's that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they start with eight defensemen, honestly. And maybe they at first alternate between those two guys, and whoever shows the best, then he's the one who sticks. You know? Yeah, no, that could be too. But I mean, you know, Niku is is left-handed, Weidman's right-handed. That's definitely going to help Weidman. Oh, you enough. would think. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Niku. Oh, Niku's – oh, interesting. I thought he was right-handed because on Cap Friendly, they have him as a right-handed defenseman. They have him as a right defenseman, but he is left-handed. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if he played right right on the right side a lot in uh, in Winnipeg. I mean, you do see that more with offensive-minded defensemen. Well, one thing that I that I noticed is um, in 
when they when they when the Canadians posted the sort of the lineups, well, maybe not necessarily the lineup, but like the practice lines, they had Sherratt on the right side. That I found pretty interesting. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I don't know if they expect to actually do that, but uh, I hate hearing that. It's just they think Sherratt is something he's not, and like I hate, like I feel like they make me and other Habs fans have to unnecessarily crap on Sherratt. We don't dislike Sherratt. We just don't want the Habs to start stop using him like he's a number one defenseman. Like, like, don't try him on the right side. Just let him be the third left defenseman, which is what makes the most sense. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I found that very weird. I don't know if they're actually expecting to try that in a game or what. But, uh, I mean, they, you know, they, they have – I mean, now with Weidman and, and Niku and, you know, I mean, the other guys are, I mean, Nor, I don't think Norlin or Gouli are going to make the team, but there are obviously no. other options as well. So, you know, I mean, they, they have a lot of options there. It's going to be interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. But I guess if they play him on the right side, he's obviously behind Petrie and Savard. So, but like, what, like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Okay, hopefully it was just, you know. And, and, and when, no need to freak out uh, uh, yet. That, that's for sure. I mean, they're obviously playing around with stuff. I mean, uh, Petrie and uh, and uh, and Romanov played together a bit during one of the uh, red versus white games, which, which I do like seeing. Like get, get Romanov some uh, some minutes with the Petrie. Not that I think like Edmondson and Petrie are going to stick together, but I mean, we were excited for Romanov last year. It, it, it didn't completely pan out as much as we wanted to, but he's still extremely young, obviously. So you really t- hope he takes. Uh, an extra step this year, and like basically, we need Romanov to take a step to make sure that they they force the hands of 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 Dusham and, and and the rest of the staff to just push uh, Schrott down the depth chart because Schrott is a great bottom pairing defenseman, but that's what he is, nothing more. Exactly, uh, you know, he it, when he plays in in the right spot, and I mean. You know, I think this goes for for a lot of the Canadians' defensemen. I mean, when he plays in the right spot, you know, he's he's a very solid defenseman. But you know, if they if they overplay him and and you know he gets to he he tries to do too much offensively, that's when you know he oh god he typically starts to get into a lot of trouble. Yeah, like when he's trying to do offensive stuff, like it's just it's, it's just terrifying. It almost looks like me out there playing defense, trying to to to, to make some offensive moves. Everything's happening in slow motion. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. You yeah, offense doesn't work. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I can park myself in front of the net and I get some rebound goals. And I just, I just, I can't go from if I'm playing defense, I have to play defense. If I'm playing forward, I have to play forward. I can't just be doing both. You know, it's just, I just don't have the lungs for it. You know, it's just, it's just not possible. But uh, anyways, no one wants to hear about how amazing I am at uh, beer league hockey, which is not at all. But uh, the, 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 like, we, we talked about a little bit at the beginning, but. Uh, I'm so happy, finally, 100% capacity at the Bell Center. And honestly, I think the one concern I have is that the Bell Center will collapse when Cole Caulfield scores his first goal in front of that crowd. No, definitely. I mean, there are lots of guys that, like you said, I mean, they're they're second – season with the Habs here to Foley, Anderson, guys like that. And even, you know, the Canadians went out and signed a bunch of Quebecers too, right? Cedric Blanquet, Mathieu Perrault, David Savard. I mean, guys that, uh, I mean, definitely, I mean, they, you know, they, they've they been waiting to play in front of that 21,273. And, and obviously Cole Caulfield, I mean, the first, you know, like yeah. we talked about, the first game, first goal that he scores, I mean, the, the Bell Center is going to explode. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, they always talk about. And, and I mean, you got to figure after after the, you know, the postseason that they just that, well, that we just went through. I mean, getting all the way to the Stanley Cup final, it, people are are extremely excited again about about what the Habs could do. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are are underappreciating the Habs and, and a lot of the moves that we made in the offseason. I mean, I think I, I definitely think the Canadians can make the playoffs again and, and potentially make a run. You know, I mean, yes, we lost guys like KK and Dano, but I mean, replacing them with guys like Dvorak and, and I mean, Drouet's coming back to Mike Hoffman when he's going to be healthy. And it's going to be a solid team. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I think a lot of teams in their division, yes, we have a very strong division, but, you know, some teams have taken a step back. I mean, look at Toronto losing Zach Hyman. He's, you know, he was definitely a big part of that team. Tampa Bay lost their whole third line. I mean, that's that's really going to yeah, hurt. Yeah, but the, t- Tampa Bay, I do think, is taking a step back this year. But like a step back for them still guarantee them the spot in the playoffs. You know, they, yeah. 
Yeah, but like I think it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna it's gonna be a battle, and it's like the the thing is is even the bottom of the division outside of Buffalo, which is a, a tire fire. But like Ottawa, I, I don't think is is a walk in the park at this point anymore. Like it, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, maybe we have a situation where there's more more teams make it out of our division than the the other division. Like that can happen, but it would mean like it really it, you never know. Like I, I do think the Canadians aren't that bad, but it's, it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. Like the. That division is is hard, but I do agree with you. We just saw it. if they do make the playoffs, I I, I do think I could see them make it make, go on a run for sure. But the, the, it just they have to they're gonna have to be consistent all year all year long. Like there's no like I mean, there's no going on stretches without a win and, and and stuff like that, you know. No, definitely, but you know I I think they have the depth and you know that's that's what got them into the playoffs, got them so far last season. They have the depth, and you know I think they have the scoring depth. I mean, again, if if everyone's firing, if pay, if Paling does slide into that third line, when we get Mike Hoffman back, like you have you, your fourth line is going to be Jake, well probably Jake Evans, Lekkinen, and Armia. Even that fourth line yeah. is the line that could put up some goals. So you're going to have four lines that can score. You know, you, you probably have some pretty decent puck move de- defensemen. I mean, Pete, we all know what Petrie can do. Have guys like potentially Niku, Weidman, Romanov. Hopefully he can take a step. And, I mean, I think, you know, maybe the best, one of at least the best tandems in the NHL. Yeah. In, in Price and Allen. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not counting them out. I'm definitely not counting them out. It's, it's going to be a battle. And, like, you just hope that they don't have a bit of that, like, because we've seen it time and time again, especially the team that makes it to the final that doesn't win. That, like, cup final hangover is real. Like, we see it all the time. Like, we saw it with Dallas last year. Uh, so I mean, you, you hope it doesn't uh, it doesn't happen to the Canadians. I mean, I don't I don't want to be too negative about it, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But like, I, I agree with you. I do think the moves were good, and I, I think like like the the pundits and all that. I think people kind of overrate a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I hate talking poorly about Weber. He was amazing in the playoffs, but Weber in the regular season is in no way the reason why the the, the Canadians made the playoffs. We've seen Petrie step his game up in the past when Weber is injured. Uh, and then, like you said, Romanov, if he takes a step, and and, and, and like Savard, I think, is going to be able to step in and, and play a very similar role to what Weber was playing towards the end there. So, like, I really don't think this team is that much weaker than it was last year. The thing is, is the one aspect where I don't think they really improved, like, I still love the depth at forward. I don't think the center position is that much worse because I think Dvorak will, will step in for, for Deno very well. But it's still very slow on the back end. It's, it's still really, really slow on the back end. And and I, it's the same thing I said last year. But if Romanov can take a real step and be a bit more of a complete defenseman and can offer a bit more of that transition game and his offense, like uh, offensive side takes a bit of a jump this year, that, that'll go a huge, huge way. And Petrie needs to have a monster. Petrie needs to have an absolute monster season, like like he did at the, like the, the beginning of last year, basically. No, that's true. Uh, definitely. I mean, there there are certainly you know question marks, and we've seen that with the Habs the last couple of seasons. There's been a lot of question marks on defense. Um, you know, hopefully Jeff Petrie can pick up where he's left off. You know, the last couple of seasons he's been absolutely fantastic. Like you said, especially when Weber's been out, he's always taken that leap to be that solid number one for the Habs. Uh, but you know, I mean, there, there's you know guys like Niku, Weidman, Romanov. I mean, if if one, hope maybe two of those guys can step up, the Canadians, de- their defense could be not you know a lot better than than I think people expect. Yeah, yeah, and and Savard too. I think I think Savard can have yeah. a really strong season. You know, they, well, I, mean, I, think, I think with I think with Savard, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Yeah, um, you know some of the other guys are maybe a bit more of a question mark. But, but, but at the same time, you are like like the, let's not like. We talked about before about friend to French Canadian players like like we are we love talking about Paquette we love talking about Peru and they're the type of guys that step their game in when they play in Montreal like who's to say that a guy that spent most of his career in Columbus is not gonna step on the ice uh, wearing the Habs jersey and have the twenty one thousand yelling and cheering him on that it's it's not gonna bring his game up in, a, in another notch you know yeah that's true and and you know like like you said I mean Weber obviously was dealing with some injuries last season yeah. and probably the last couple of seasons is Savard really that much of a step back from Weber or like a step down or whatever uh probably not I mean, no, like you know, not defensively and offensively no, exactly. Weber was just what didn't have it towards the end like I mean I'm sure Savard can take a slap shot and miss the net I'm sure he can do that <laughs> that's basically what Weber was doing offensively. Like he'd get one in once in a while, and was, and, and 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 don't get me wrong, when Weber like gets into a shot and nice one timer, and it, like once every like ten shots, it'll look like it looked like when he was in his late twenties, you know. 
but uh, and those are amazing. Those are, are magical goals. But uh, those are more and more few and far between. So uh, obviously Weber will be missed for many other reasons. Like he's known as being one of the best leaders in like in, in the NHL. But I do think Savard can step into his role. I really do. Man, who knows? Like if the Canadians make the playoffs. Who's to say Shea Weber is not going to pull a, a a Kucherov and step in to play for the playoffs? Who knows? I mean, uh, maybe I'd be very surprised. I'd be and I, I'd be. I don't know if he'd be as effective as Kucherov was when he stepped in. No, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but but who knows? Anyway, like I I think the Canadians right today are a better team than they were losing in the finals. I mean, honestly, you lose Dano, KK, and Tatar, and, well, I guess Weber, and you replace that with, with Mike Hoffman, Dvorak, and Savard. I mean, okay, maybe they're not necessarily better, but I definitely don't think they're any worse. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But And the one we haven't talked about, though, is Price. And as fantastic as he was in the playoffs, he's been – far from consistent during the regular season in the last three years, right? So the carry price we get during the regular season and whether or not he's consistent, you know, not affected by injuries and all that, that obviously is going to go a very, very, very long way. Like if we have a price that's putting up a 900 save percentage, team's not yeah. making the playoffs. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no but, but again, I mean, you have that tandem, right? I mean, they're, they're uh, for sure. 50-50. Jake Allen's going to be playing a lot. And, you know, in the one preseason game that he's played so far, he – doesn't look like like he's lost a step. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have all the confidence in Jake Allen as a backup goaltender, as long as as Price can still be the, the number one. And it's you want it to be more of a, at least a sixty forty, right? So, I, like, I I I don't want I don't want to get my hopes up, really. Like, I just I, I they can do it, but they're like things have to go right. There can't be too many injuries, especially on the back end. Uh, I mean, on forward, I'm not as worried, especially on the wing. Uh, there's a lot of depth there. I mean, you you wouldn't want to lose one of your centermen. Uh, like you lose Suzuki, like if Suzuki goes down, like forget about it there as far as the centermen depth. But yeah, like we'll see. I, I, I'm still nervous because the defense is still very, very slow. It's still very slow. Well, I mean, uh, you know, they got some speed with Romanov, Niku, uh, you know, Weidman. You keep talking about Niku like he's going to be like a game breaker on for this team. Like he, I know. I mean, he, he obviously provides another sort of dimension to the Canadians' defense, right? I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. And it's something that's extremely lacking. And if Weidman can can step up too and all that, of course, uh, definitely. But we'll definitely say, like, for, would you put money on them when making the playoffs this year? Uh, if I had to bet one way or another, I would bet that they make the playoffs. Ugh. I would. I definitely would. I'm I'm definitely feeling a lot better about Niku and Weidman than I was about John Merrill and uh, and Gustafsson and strong strong argument, strong argument, yeah. Uh, but like when we first got those guys, we didn't think they'd be as bad as they ended up being. Let's be honest. <laughs> so like we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, but if those guys, if if like one of Weidman or Niku works out, just one of them, that that honestly can go a long way. And by work out, I just mean being a, a reliable bottom pairing guy that plays on the power play and provides a bit of offense. Just being that, you know, and and, and not being like a black hole defensively, I think it would go a long way to help this defensive defensive core. Absolutely. So no, I had to, if I had to make a bet, I'm definitely I'm betting that the Canadians make the playoffs. Um, you know, I mean, there's, you know, we'll see we'll see how the other teams in the division do. But again, like I said, I think a lot of the teams have taken a step back, and and the Canadians aren't any worse. So so who do you think doesn't make the, so Tampa Bay makes the playoffs in the division? Yeah. T- Toronto makes the playoffs. Like come on, like we love to hate Toronto. Boston, you think Boston took that big of a step back this year? I mean, I keep expecting them to take a step back, but they don't. And then Florida did not get worse this year. I mean, they they got Sam Reinhart for free, basically. What is going? What is, what is going on with with Rask? I forget. Is he playing? I know they signed Linus Olmark. That, that is the big question mark in uh, in Boston. So so Boston is a team I can see taking a step back, but it's hard to go against the team that arguably still has like the best first line in the NHL, right? Like, like, like Bergeron just seems to get better every year, you know, like he, he's, he's just phenomenal and just an ideal center centerman. Pasternak 
he's 25. He's, he's just getting better too. And then Marshawn, you know, you hate to say it, but just he he turned into one of the best players in the NHL. He's at the top of the scoring. Like he's an amazing first line. And then they added on Taylor Hall. So they have it offensively. I think in their defense, they have solid things there. But yeah, Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman. I don't, I don't know. Like Olmark five, like am I crazy or is Olmark not a good goaltender? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like he is. I mean, Jeremy Swayman though. I mean, he was really he he in limited action was very very good for the yeah. last put up great numbers. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you I said, mean, Olmark's numbers aren't that bad. Like, that's not fair. He's playing in Buffalo. And like so, so, last year in 20 games, 2.63 goals against average, 9.17 save percentage. The year before, 2.69, 9.15 in, in 34 games. Like not amazing numbers, but in Buffalo, pretty amazing numbers. You know, yeah, so that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be tough. I mean, there's a lot of good teams, but um, you know, I mean, I, I think they could slip in that fourth fourth fifth spot. You know, I mean, especially a team like like Toronto. I mean, who knows if if they get they're one injury away from, you know, taking it taking a big jump or taking a big. I, 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 big I don't know. Like I, I'm all for betting against Toronto in the playoffs, but like as far as the regular season goes, I mean, uh, like unless they have like a collapse because of like what happened in the playoffs last year. As far as the regular season goes, like Marner and. And Matthews and uh, and and Nylander, who was who was amazing uh, against against the Canadians, and I can't believe Nylander is the guy that they hate on in Toronto. Like he, like he's amazing. Like <laughs> I mean, why? How? Like if they don't want him, we'll take him. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know if they calmed down with that in Toronto, but uh, and and, the, and to me, it, the the path to making the playoffs for the Canadians is if somehow our the the, the Atlantic Division ends up having both the wild card spots. Then, then, then it can happen. But then it depends because the other division is nowhere near as strong. I don't think. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. But you know, if if Carey Price can play well and and the, you know those four lines can score, which I think they can. I mean, I I think there's there's a good chance. Well, maybe not a good chance. There's a better than 50 50 chance i think it has making the playoffs all right all right i mean uh yeah yeah you hear it you heard it here first i mean you, you're you're historically the more optimistic uh house fan so uh, i'll give you that and uh, you're right last year i mean you you're, you're optimistic every year so any year that they do well you're right so good for you uh you were right last year so uh i think uh i think it covers it for uh today's uh today's episode i mean we'll be back next week a few more preseason games to talk about i think we're going to start seeing a lot more cuts uh very quickly and before you know it i think it's two weeks from now we're going to have some actual regular season hockey to talk about i mean now that like you said earlier now that we know that it's going to be the full the full arena there i can't wait to for for the season to start yeah looking forward to it for sure and uh yeah man this this preseason can't end quick enough yeah exactly yeah begin with man all right. So uh, as always, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. If you do have questions about anything, ask them, uh, ask them there, and we'll uh, address them on the podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.